G'day, thanks for checking out our year-round carnival podcast. Each and every Monday via Vince Accardi's Daily Sectionals, we have a look at the best racing in Australia. And there was some really good racing in Sydney at Randwick. And guess who was back? It's on now. Animo moved up on the inside to join Profondo and they're broken clear. It's Animo in front from Profondo. Fan goal late on the scene, but Animo's drawn clear and there's another group one success. Animo won the win stakes by two lengths. Fan goal second. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. It was Animo, Vince Accardi. Good morning, mate, and welcome back. Yes, thank you, Rolfie. And it was Animo, wasn't it? Absolutely fantastic. I mean, one easily, didn't it, in the end? <laughs> he did, said smashed him. And look, if there's maybe a theme over the last couple of weeks, I know we didn't do the pod last week, but with Mr. Brightside winning at Caulfield, you can have a look at other horses, but gee, you've got to be careful uh, risking horses that are winners. For sure, what what no one would have been knocking Animo, I wouldn't think. No, no, not at all. But I'm saying, yeah. you know, whatever your plan was, yes, <laughs> be very, be very, very careful. Um, obviously, this is a horse that we've had uh, we've had real big raps on since its two year old days. Um, I saw Ray Thomas in in, the, in RaceNet or Daily Telegraph saying he's only the second horse this century, <laughs> so so since 2020 to have won Group Ones at two, three, and four, which was an amazing stat I found. But it's a it's testament to the Cummings camp and I suppose the uh, the question people are dialing in for is how did he go on Saturday and what projection have you now got for him? Yeah, that probably says a little bit about the competition on the weekend then too. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> uh, well, the performance firstly, yeah, was fantastic, Rolfie. It was interesting, a, a race with absolutely zero speed. I was su- quite surprised about how slow they went, 12 and a half lengths below benchmark. Right up until the 800 metre point, and then I guess it was game on. Even between the 8 and the 400, all horses were still travelling below benchmark, but the, the squeeze was pretty big for a number of horses. Anime was 13.1, and sort of on reflection for the day, that was sort of just outside of the, the top 10 biggest squeezes, which is another big indicator. The last 400, though, is where the horse really showed its character. 5.6 above IVR benchmark last 400. The last 200 was really strong as well, plus four. And it did come from sort of the the inner lanes. And whilst McDonald did get him out to the wider part over the last 100 metres, the reality was this horse's um, acceleration was what it was all about. All right, and just quickly for those uh, who don't, who are just trying to learn what we're doing here, the, the squeeze is your measurement from the eight hundred meter mark to the four hundred meter mark. So Correct. that's all. It's a, it's a really lethal tool. Uh, one of the great things I've learnt with you, mate, is uh, is you know even if you're going slowly, if you can accelerate from the eight hundred to four hundred, that's a sign of real class, and that's what they they had to do on Saturday. I'll just read what you wrote pre-race in your race speed profiles and there via daily sectionals. Bad animo, you summed up by saying first up last campaign posted one point two lengths above IVR bench. Mark at 1200, 
When stepping the second hunt to 1400 second up, he posted 2.5 lengths above IVR benchmark, going from 4.8 below IVR benchmark through the first section or combined 1.9 below benchmark through the mid-race. Combined 2.4 above uh, benchmark last find gave the indication he had a lot more to give on that occasion. He peaked for the prep of 2000 when posting 2.9. Two campaigns back, he had a series of three successive figures of 5.4 to 6.2 above IVR benchmark in the 1,400 to 2,040 range. The talent required to be competitive here, certainly in his grasp. He's anywhere near his back. best, he'll take a power of beating. So I just want to write that, what your thoughts were pre-race. So I'll take a couple of things out of it and get, get your thoughts. Past two preps, first up has been at 1,200. So he needs to really get going at 1,400. So this time the coming yard chose 1,400. Second point, last prep. As we're going, there will be a theme over the next month. Bottomless Sydney tracks, impossible to run times on. They were just legless, and uh, we certainly learned a few things about how deep that was. And thirdly, uh, if he's come to play there, what, what basically he's running long with his fourteen hundred profile. But where, where do you think it can go to? Well, the two point eight above is the the first rule sign, Ralphie, from a first up point of view. Exactly like what you were just articulating. The 1,400 metres does ask the question, okay, what when you're measuring first up versus first up, what does that all mean? My view is this. With the very, very soft first section and to finish off with a plus 2.8, the clear indicator there is the way I'm going to graph it up is I'm expecting at least a five-length improvement by the time this horse peaks. So uh, 2.8, he's, he's previously had, uh, what was in the Cox Plate, about six and a half. So you're saying there's every chance he can beat his, his Cox Plate uh, figure yep. this time in. I'm expecting this horse to potentially run somewhere near plus eight. Well, for, for, for anyone saying or hoping he's the best uh, middle distance horse in the country, that would get him to, the, to that podium, no question. He's going to be a very hard horse to beat from here on in. They've been able to get away and do what it did with such ridiculous ease and it really was it was this would have been dead set track gallop for this horse for the first half and he's only had to show his colors over the last 800 meters and i just <laughs> 2.8 goodness me <laughs> i don't know what what race are they aiming for next start uh no that that is a good question or I, I, I think by, um james cummings post race said we're not sure yet what our direction will be to the Cox Plate. We've got so many options, it's not funny. So, uh, and of course, that's paraphrasing, but I think I assume they'll go for a mile uh, wait for age group one. Okay. Well, if they're doing that, they'd be, I don't know who's going to be able to compete against them at the moment. Maybe there's some horses from overseas coming. Yeah, well, that's that, that's always the question. So, uh, we always get our, uh, I always invite our members rather um, to ask questions on, uh, on Sunday. Alistair's asked you this one. I know. Yep. I've got a feeling I know what the, what the follow-up question answer will be, but we'll ask it anyway. Seriously, how good is Animo? Well, you've discussed that. Can Profondo turn the tables in the Cox Plate? So, um, what? More, I'll, I'll broaden that question to say, what did you see from Profondo, a horse that we had huge wraps on this time last year when he peaked at just his third career start, winning the Spring Champion Stakes at two point six lengths above benchmark? Didn't really come up on those bog heavy tracks in in the autumn, but that was a nice return. Well, this is the – yes, it was a nice return, Ralphie. Horses' preparation going into this is definitely had more work. Now, maybe the way the race shape played out for this particular horse may not have been what would have uh, 
been able to bring the best out of the horse. That that's probably my view. Because from a early speed point of view, they were pretty much locked together in terms of where their positioning running and and the reality was it was the horse just didn't have the same sprint over the last 400 and 200 metres. And I'm taking it as this horse had already lost some freshness. And that big acceleration in the mid-race probably made the margin look a little bit more than what it should have been. And when they step up over longer distance, if there's a more genuine speed from start to finish, it may help. But what we have to be really aware of is this horse doesn't have the same sprint as Animo. So if you're going to be faced with a plus five to a plus eight last 400 in any given race, then it's always going to have vulnerability. But if there's high pressure up early, then yeah, this it, this horse may make it a contest, may. I definitely feel it's inferior though. Yeah, and well, where, where it could be interesting if they choose to not go south, uh, because there's so many good options in Sydney with these huge prize money races. A bit like Think It Over cleaned up last spring. Uh, maybe, maybe that's it's there for the taking for them. The obvious question though, the stablemate fangirl crushed the line. So you've already described there was a very, very slow pace. But what did you take out of the fact that she was able to hit the line so hard for a return? Yeah, very impressed with this particular runner again this was another runner that had a little bit more work going into the race than animo ralphie but the acceleration was sensational i I love the way it closed out the last 400 meters it came from a slightly further back was a bigger bigger squeeze in the mid as well about three and a half lengths more exertion and then the last 200 meters was better than animo and overall last 400 as well so i I, I really felt that this was the other takeout runner in the race. So last uh, time in, they, they uh, tried 1850 that uh, that she was successful at uh, winning when they had to move the uh, the race to um, to Newcastle. Went back to the uh, went back to the mile, and that was an end of prep run. But what type of uh, distance progression have you got for her? I feel this horse is definitely going to be capable of running up to two thousand meters because what we do know is it can relax. Yep. The other positive with this particular runners it has that you know dynamic acceleration which is one of the the real big key things that you need to have when you get up to this sort of i oh let's say the 2000 meter range or onwards probably the more interesting point for me here ralphie is it ended up with a plus one from a first up point of view that's a pb for this horse and, and the horse has won like, well, what is it, won like five five races out of its last 10 starts? Yeah. So Waller, knowing the type of trainer he is and how he builds his horses, and mind you, you have a look at that last trial at Rose Hill, there was no, they weren't even attempting to do anything. So <laughs> this horse has got plenty of improvement to come. I'm not going to say it's got more improvement to Animo, but I'm, I, I've already targeted this horse to be around plus five. Well, that's Epsom sort of material, isn't yep. it? Yep. Yep. So that's a, that's, that's a very, very good sign going forward. And that's why, you know, part of the, the passion of, of what we do is trying to, try to you know, to kick, over, kick over a jam in and try and find what these big race winners are and try and see what, which, which way the trainers are thinking too. Yep. All right, in race seven, the, uh, the toy show, uh, 
Zapatero. Now, it's first up, not off a long break, only 98 days. Um, this is what we wrote in our Sizzlers. So that's our premium Black Book product where you also get Vince's IVR reports each week and you're just mad if you go through in the spring carnival not getting this because this gives you the real breakdown and you can listen to our podcast uh, and with the sheets in front of you and really get uh, further clarity on how track's playing, etc. So that's Scone Zapatero, one-length winner of race six, 0.1 above benchmark rank, six in the day. Great solid win. 0.8 length slowdown from the 400 to 200. It says there's more to come. Finally getting onto a better surface. Minus 1.6 the 800, plus 1.2 mid-race, plus 1.6 last 100. Came off a similar IVR run on a bog-heavy track at Randwick, but at best for the prep was 1.6 lengths. First up when second to subsequent Group 1 winner, Mazu. That day was just soft. No reason she can't get to that level again. So she was uh, well found in the market. You, uh, when you, when your uh, work came out, you had her on top in your race speed profiles. She, uh, sorry, uh, yep, she smashed them, Vince. Uh, this was a stunning win, Ralphie. Really stunning, and the two point five above. Make no mistake, that was a that was a serious performance. And there's no way this horse was also going to be forward enough to be able to. So this was a peaking run. Actually, when you look at the trial, there was an indicator from the trial, Ralphie, that this horse looked like it was going to have jets this campaign. Yep. And I, I didn't personally believe that even the race shape, like six and a half lengths below benchmark over 1,100 metres was like a, a beautiful race shape. No, I actually think far from it. I, my view is it was probably slight negative, but then the way it stormed home, over the last 600 metres was, you know, outstanding and clearly a new PB by at least the length. And I'm sitting down here saying, okay, we've got another real smart mare. Where is it going to be at in terms of distances? Right now, my view is I'm obviously keen to be with this horse, anything around this sort of distance range, 1,200. But could this horse potentially go 1,400? I'm sitting back here saying I'm probably going to like you all the way up to 1,400 right now. Well, it's it's starting to sound like what you're saying about this card is what we said in our sizzlers about Caulfield last week. This is a, this is a meeting that could have possibly set up the spring because there's a, there's a number of horses that have gone well, but there's further improvement to come. Absolutely. All right, race nine, the Phillies now. This is always a head scratcher, and we saw it last week at Caulfield. We're bound for home, who only had two starts and won at thirty-one dollars and come off a real heavy track. We didn't see what was under the bonnet until Saturday, and it's one of big odds. Well, this time for the Phillies in Sydney, Zoo Gotcha's won at thirteen dollars. It had come off a very, very heavy track when it won on uh, at first um, on debut at Canterbury. <laughs> What's that? It's forty legs below benchmark, so we certainly didn't get to see what it could do. What type of performance was that in race nine? Well, overall, as crazy as it sounds, just managed to um, finish below benchmark 0.1, but there it is, ranked 11th on the day. And I give that a bit of merit because there was only really 10 other horses that broke benchmark on the day. So this this sort of indicates to me for a young horse, now three, lightly raced, getting onto the better ground, I felt that I felt that it was solid. I also feel that the speed wasn't in its favour. Eight and a half lengths below benchmark. It was it was fine for the race shape, but for this horse's profile and its blueprint, no. I thought it was a negative. The acceleration in the mid race it wasn't anything of a serious nature, so I wasn't going to knock this horse around a lot. But I love the last two hundred meters, and this was also another runner that came from the so the inner lanes 
on the day. And I felt that that was probably uh, another indicator that for me, I thought, okay, well, you've come from the inner lanes. You've probably got plus two written all over you because if you were in lane 16, you would have definitely broken benchmark 100%, but would you have gotten plus two? Maybe not quite plus two, but it's definitely in the horse's capabilities given the fact that it's 8.5 lengths below benchmark first section. I might as well go in sequential order here. Pizarro, in your race speed profiles, you said he had a more-to-give profile. Um, watching the race, amazingly brave ride there by Hugh Bowman. Let's never forget how good our best jockeys are to take a split like it did. But, gee, it looked explosive uh, to the eye. What did the, uh, what did the data say with Pizarro? Oh, explosive, beautiful, beautifully put, Ralphie. There's a direct line if you sort of compare it to the, the three-year-old filly in the race before. It's gone another two-and-a-half lengths slower through the first section. But then in the mid-race, have a look at the difference between the two horses in the mid-race. And this has got to do with just the way the setup of the race is and the strength of an older horse, 9.6 versus 4.8. And then the last 400, they were virtually identical. So I, I, this was another st stunning performance in terms of the way it did it. Overall, IVR, 0 0.6, 0 0.5 above, six best of the day, sort of matching what it did at Warwick Farm last campaign. Where's it going is the next big question. Where are you going and what else can you do? And are you going to be capable? I do feel, again, this is another horse that might be able to get up to the same sort of figure of around plus two. I hope so. So it's all going to be about where they're going to place it. Well, well, frankly, that's enormous, given that this is benchmark 78. So, uh, you know, a plus two, that, that, that's knocking on the door of basic stakes racing. So that, uh, that, that that's still a good projection for this horse. Well, the only good thing that I can take out of when you just said 78 <laughs> is that O'Shea's going to have the capability of still working this horse through some classes. And if yes. he does that, we're just going to make money. Beautiful. Race six in the program here. Now, one of our great supporters, Scott, who, uh, who um, is a part owner of Arafaho, but uh, he hasn't got owner's blinkers because he was <laughs> – Stunned by the fact that it won, so he's uh, he sent us an email. I'm not sure if you're going to cover the Premier's Cup, but I have a few questions for you and Vince. Haven't seen the IVR reports now. He later got them, um, but he looked at the raw data. If it's a low rating IVR race, then perhaps some of the blow questions answer themselves. I have an interest in a rap host. Is super happy with the result, but nothing in the data could possibly have suggested that run was coming. For mine, he was pretty one pace in the prelude. I actually thought he would give the Premier's Cup a miss and go to the Newcastle Gold Cup in mid September. He looked like he was crying out for more ground in the prelude. So he's gone into great detail with the typically passion you'd expect from a, from an owner, Vince. But to sum it up, how did this horse win at $21? Okay. Well, I guess the first thing, if we look at if we look at the horse's campaign, it's had a pretty decent campaign already. There is a plus 0.8 at Rosie all over 1,800 when it absolutely thumped the competition. So you know this horse had the capability of getting to benchmark or better. And then... To sort of back it up to say that that wasn't a fluke, we can go all the way back to Gosford, back on the 8th of the 5th in 2021. That was over a mile. It was 0.8 above, 11th best of the day. Gives gives us some indication that this horse is definitely a benchmark horse without any shadow of a doubt. That's a good sign, Ralphie, first and foremost. The second part is where did you come from in the lanes? I'm always big on that, where, you know, what happened to be able to get victory. It was the widest runner all day, so that's a little bonus for the horse. It, it does deteriorate a little bit in terms of overall profile because you've yep. probably got to knock off a length. 
and then I sort of weighed back up and say, okay, well, hang on. First section, you've gone minus 11.8. You've had a beautiful squeeze in the mid-race, which was 12.2. Your 14th biggest squeeze of the day. And it, was, and it was above benchmark as well, Ralphie, between the 8 and the 400, where a lot of the other races, even though they had big squeezes, they actually didn't break benchmark in the mid-race. And then how can we knock the last... 200 metres was above benchmark. It was in the widest lane, but there was a slowdown between the four and the two. So it sort of balanced itself out. Rock hard fit. Is there any more victories? Oh, that that I, I I don't know. With with Bjorn, he he can keep him up for a long time. <laughs> so you wouldn't you know put it as a negative. He certainly can. I also noticed uh, basically the second, third, and fourth horse, Francesco Gardi, Lord yep. Ardmore, and Grove Ferry. They all came from really slow tempo races um, leading in. So as you said, Arapo, rock hard fit. Those horses probably had to go a bit quicker this time. Uh, even and and you know, let's face it, when you can look at your your race your OVR report, obviously that part of the track was softer, so they had to go a bit faster on softer ground. So that might yes. have uh, cast them out too. Absolutely. All right, uh, and we'll round this off by this was a nice win and uh, a nice horse too in showmanship. Great effort from uh, from Danny O'Brien, uh, uh, the trainer there, to uh, to get this horse to come to play because we we knew he's he's got a real good degree of talent. But uh, what could what could he do having had this profile of missing so much racing? Well, the way you looked at it in your race speed profiles beforehand, so never mind being a Monday's expert, there's a Saturday morning expert. After a long 606-day uh, break and a change of stables, he posted fourth best of the day, 0.5 length above IVR benchmark at Warnable on heavy track. Of course, that's the long room at their carnival. Uh, in what was an incredible effort, he travelled at 5.2 legs below benchmark through the first section, which was solid going in heavy conditions. His ability to sustain his speed over the last 200 indicated a high level of fitness. Returns via 1,200, which is ideal. Two starts ago, he posted outstanding two lengths above IVR benchmark at 1,200, which included a combined 10.9 lengths above IVR benchmark last 400. And that, that plus 10, anything Beyond that, Vince, that's always a great sign of real talent. His career PB sits at two point two above benchmark, but even then, he may have hit. It may not have hit his ceiling. Warrants a ton of respect. So the market said he was turning up. He was coming to play. What did he do on the clock? Well, he ended up with a, a 0.7 above, fifth best of the day, and yeah, that's pretty much eclipsing what he did at Warnable, which is a really beautiful sign. Not quite what he did at Belmont, going back all the way to two thousand and twenty. But, geez, Danny's a good trainer, isn't he, Ralph? He really off the one trial yep. at Werribee, that, that's pretty pretty good performance. And hard not to uh, believe that this horse hasn't got more improvement. It's just all about staying sound, I guess. Well, so I've just opened up the uh, that Belmont performance you spoke about, 2.2 lengths above benchmark, best of the day. That was July 2020. Well, that day he's going minus 2.4 lengths below benchmark at 1,400 here on Sunday. He's cruising minus 10 lengths below benchmark. So that's a perfect race shape for a long, long time out. It's a perfect race shape, and it's not going to do the horse a lot of harm in terms of being able to back up into its subsequent start. And there are clear signs that this horse can progressively – Turn up fresh and maintain its profile. No doubt. Uh, okay, Mooney Valley. Um, we're just going to basically touch on this because uh, Vince, that that uh, that's not much fun. <laughs> Rail out five on a, on a Sunday meeting, and then the rain comes as well, which is obviously no one's fault. But uh, on a track that's uh, that was only at second meeting back half the time away, made it pretty hard to uh, to do much on the clock. Uh, are, are we saying is it is it our turn in Victoria now to start getting the wet tracks? <laughs> Well, 
who knows, right? Yeah. I, I certainly don't know. But it was. It was very, very wet, particularly to the 800, Ralph, extremely heavy. That overall average for that day. There was the aberration of race number seven, but I, I took that out and it was still virtually uh, minus 4.7 to five range. That gives me the insight that it was genuine in terms of heavy. The winner's profile was the other interesting thing. Where, where do you need to be? Obviously, if you could get out a little bit wider, that was going to help you. Surprisingly, Ralphie, they came from everywhere. When I look at like where they were, where they were positioned, this is the winners at the eight hundred meter point. You have a look at that range. It was anywhere from leading to being as far as four lengths off that lead speed, which again for me sort of gives me some confidence that the horses did have opportunities. Particularly when you get to that last six hundred meters, that the ground was better. Yeah. In terms of compared to what I I mentioned over that first section. So the, the the feature on the day, the uh, the thousand. Uh, we've got two questions here, which I'll combine. One from Darren, keen to hear Mooney Valley Race Eight. Extremely lucky, huge t- plus two last start. Expected to fly with uh, uh, pace predicted. Stewart said clipped heels at the six hundred, but still seemed plain. Um, I'll get to Brett's question in a second, but first, Vince, my, my thoughts going into the meeting was uh, they were just unlucky because if the if the rail was true then you can really get momentum up. But you can't get momentum up in a small field on a heavy track for a horse of that profile. How do you see that run? Well, I don't feel this horse is heavy tracker. Yeah. A big negative. So it was going to be – with see, with the rain coming in the way that it did, that was a real clear negative indicator. Like, you had to be super cautious wanting to step in and back this horse aggressively with that type of setup. Because there was no clarity anywhere that this horse was going to be dynamic on a heavy track, none, especially over 1,000 metres. Well, the thing was, and it's it's South Australian win, which was stunning first up. I think the track was officially uh, a soft five, but it got out super wide into those lanes, didn't it? Yes, and that's a big plus, it's particularly at Morphville. All right, so we, we, we know what we think about this horse. We've, if you've been uh, listening to this podcast for, for a while, Brett's included this in his question. Uh, not so much a question, no stress if you don't discuss. Just after your opinion, why extremely lucky wouldn't have targeted the Cochrane at Caulfield this Saturday as opposed to running at Moody Valley on a heavy track with rail out five. Vince mentioned months ago this horse has phenomenal straight line speed. Surely that was not the greatest setup considering they need to win races to get a possible Everest spot. So I suppose what he's asking is comparing Caulfield 1200 to Moody Valley 1000. Well, my view is this. Firstly, when you're coming into a first up run, like that trial at Mor- uh, not the trial, the run at Morphaville on the 30th, which is a little a little while back, right? When you look at that, there was no speed in that horse. This is extremely lucky through the first section. Yep. So if you go to 1,200 metres and you're going to have to roll very aggressively, you might undo the whole campaign in that one run. Right. Where this way here, you're trying to keep a little bit of speed left in the legs without busting the horse open. As you step up. So I, I actually felt that this was not a negative move. The only negative for me is if it was my horse, I would have scratched it because it was heavy ground. So the other thing they wanted to learn out of it, I suppose, is uh, in a month's time, is their initial grand final of the Moya, and that will be Mooney Valley, 1,000 metres, but hopefully on good ground with a big big field. So big field, good ground, rail true. It may as well be on a different track because it will be a different set of race shape altogether. Yeah, well, what we must really understand about this horse is whilst it's got phenomenal straight line speed, <laughs> just have a look at that Morphville run back on the 21st of the 5th. This gives you all the insight. 
This is a phenomenal horse. Overall, 800 metres sustained speed. And the sprint that this horse has is electrifying. That's why even a track like Mooney Valley, you have a look between the 8 and the 400 that day. It went from minus 7.3 to plus 7.7 and then still finished off the last 400 with a plus 5.2. Then you go back to the first up run on the 23rd of the 4th. Look at the last 400 metres, Ralph. It was plus 8.2 and that's coming off a mid-race which was above benchmark. So, yeah, and that was when we, we really hung our head. This is a serious horse in the rise. I should just ask you in closing, though, of course, Bella Nipatina, the market got it spot on. They didn't want to be with Extremely Lucky. They wanted to be with Bella Nipatina. Its its trial was really good leading in. What did it do on the clock on the yeah, on, tr Saturday? Trial, trial was solid. The performance, 1.9 above IVR benchmark, best of the day. So this race was clearly the strongest. I felt this horse has come back sensationally. Absolutely sensational. And for me, the tr the trial was indicated this horse could be airborne this campaign and it's come out and delivered in that manner. Now, does that now I guess the big question is, does this make it a better horse or an inferior horse to extreme to extremely lucky? Well, I'm expecting this horse to go to a new PB. This is Bella Nipatina plus three is what we had two preps back. I'm expecting this horse to go straight past that number. So be, be careful underrating a winner is what you're saying. Oh, for sure. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ma Eustace had a great day. Uh, it's funny, they had a bad day at Caulfield. You think it's not going to last, and sure enough, they just uh, they, they came to play with their horses on Saturday. So did Vince Accardi coming to play on our year-round carnival podcast return. Uh, all of Vince's work via daily sectionals, including his race speed profile Sunday morning, all of my work, racetrackralphie.com.au, including if you want to become a member, members get best of the day sent to them each week, as well as other little discounts along the way. And come September, we'll return with our preview podcast as well. Thanks so much for checking out our year-round calendar.